Empower Radio presents Art as Worship with Vanessa Lowe. Welcome to Art as Worship. Each week we feature stories of artists and explore their process of creation. I'm your host, Vanessa Lowry, and I'm thankful that you're joining me. On this show, I talk with artists of various faiths, working in a wide range of mediums on the common theme of how they use inspiration and creativity as an expression of their spirituality. Learn how their art is an expression of their own connection to however they name God, Jehovah, Allah, Source, the Universe, the Great Mystery, or something else. My guest today is cartoonist and author Patrick McDonald. He's the creator of the award-winning Mutt's comic strip. Syndicated in 1994, Mutt's now appears in over 700 print newspapers worldwide and has its home on the web at muttscomics.com. McDonald has received numerous awards for his art, including the National Cartoonist Society Rubin Award for Cartoonist of the Year and international recognition, recognition for his promotion of animal protection. He has over 20 books in print, including the New York Times bestsellers The Gift of Nothing, Hug Time, The Monster's Monster, and 2012 Caldecott Honor Book, Me Jane, uh, which is a biography of the childhood of Dr. Jane Goodall. In 2009, McDonald collaborated with the Power of Now author Eckhart Tolle to create Guardians of Being. McDonald is a member of the National Boards of Directors for the Humane Society of the United States, the Fund for Animals, and the Charles M. Schultz Museum. Welcome, Patrick. Hi, Vanessa. How are you? I'm good. It's so exciting to have you on this show. I was just mentioning before we went on air that when I first started this show, you were one of the people that I um, thought this would be cool to get him on the show, and so it's wonderful to actually have that realized as a goal of mine. So thank you for being here. Thanks. I hope it's cool. (laughs) Well, I'm sure it will be cool. So, I, you know, this art of of the comic strip and this type of art that you do, I have always been a huge fan of the comics. And when I was growing up, my dad, that was one of the first things that that he would read and he called them the junior junior editorials Um, so it's you know been kind of dear to our family the comic strips and so it's and i think your strip in particular is so fun with the animals that you include with with earl and 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 mooch that you smooch that you have in the in the comic strip so how did you get interested in drawing a comic strip well you know it's something i wanted to do ever since i was a little kid um one of my first memories, I, I, my mom and dad both went to Cooper Junior Art School in New York City. And even though neither one of them became a professional artist, you know, art was definitely encouraged in the house and they had art books all over the place. And um, my earliest memories is looking at Walt Kelly's pogo books that my mom had and just being mesmerized by those little black and white drawings and how alive the characters seemed to be on the page. And then I grew up in the 60s, so... Uh, like every kid in the 60s. I mean, Charles Schultz's Peanuts was, you know, everything. <laughs> right. And I just, uh, you know, I think, like I said, I mean, probably at the age of four, I wanted to be a cartoonist, which actually, you know, I've talked to a lot of cartoonists, and it's, it seems like a lot of cartoonists are just born <laughs> to do that. It seems like if you, if you talk to a lot of cartoonists, it's an early childhood dream. So did you actually draw a strip when you were growing up? Did you have some characters that you did in a strip, or did you just draw in general? You know, I, I, I did both, but no, yeah, I definitely uh, drew my own little cartoon characters. You know, it's funny, I didn't, you know, a lot of kids try to copy other characters, and you know, on occasion I would try to draw Charlie Brown, but boy, that round head was tough to, <laughs> to copy. <laughs> so I'd write pretty early on, I was, I was doing my own characters. 
and my, you know, I have uh, two brothers and a sister, and you know, again, my mom and dad encouraged us. So, uh, yeah, at times we would do our own little comic books together. Everyone would do a page. Oh, that's fun. Does your family yeah, still have any of those? Uh, yeah, you know, actually, my mom does have a few of those. That's very cool. And I believe I've read somewhere that you actually had were able to meet Charles Schultz. Is that is that correct? Yeah. Well, I, I tell you the. the greatest thing about becoming a cartoonist was uh, getting to meet my hero and uh, boy Charles Schultz was everything you want the guy who draws peanuts to be just yeah, the, the nicest greatest guy so Patrick how does your spirituality find expression in your art well you, you know I, it's, it's the biggest <laughs> for me it's the most important part of the art it's the reason I do it and you know I'll, I'll bring up Charles Schultz again you know I, I think Growing up as a kid, I, you know, I definitely felt the spirituality in, in his artwork. You know, uh, comic strips definitely gave me a comfort and joy, um, and that's just something I always wanted to give back. So, uh, you know, when I draw mutts, I, I feel like that's the most important thing. I mean, obviously, you don't want it to look good and you want it to have a, you know, a joke and a sense of humor. But underneath all that, I think it's the um, you know, the tone and the spirit of the strip, that's the most important. And, uh, you know, all my favorite strips had that. And I don't even know, you know, it's not, I don't, I don't even know how you get it, but you just, you know, you try to let it happen. And, um, you know, that's probably the most important part of Mutt's, that it just feels right more than look right or, or be funny or sound right. But it just has, a, you know, the right spirit to it. So I know that um, a lot of artists, that fear of making a mistake or doing it wrong keeps them from moving forward with their art. And it, it sounds like that you've been able to overcome that. Was that ever a problem for you? You know, I think all artists, you know, have that problem with, with certain projects or whatever. But, yeah, no, I, um, you know, when you do a daily comic strip, I think, you know, having faith is a big part of it. You <laughs> sort of just have to have faith in the creative force and the creative powers that something's going to happen. And uh, I think I've always approached art on a, a faith basis that um, not to struggle with it, but to, you know, to let it happen. So do you have any kind of a process that you use when you're, you know, getting into that creative space or connecting with your divine source or whatever, whatever you call that? Do you have a, a way that you do that or a process that you use? Um, you know, I, um, I, when I talk about ideas, I, I, what I, what I try to do is get out of the way. You know, it's really about losing yourself. And um, and it is a meditation. I think making art is, is a meditation. So, uh, you know, I, I try to get quiet and, you know, just try to let the the ideas flow. And, um, again, when you do a daily comic strip, uh, you have a lot of practice. So after a while, I think it's like a muscle. I think after a while, you, uh, you know, you, you, you work it out. So, uh I mean, not that there's not tough days and you don't, you know, doesn't all come easily, but, um, you know, uh, I think you, after a while, you, you practice, you know, does help. So can you describe your, um, the way that you put together your daily strip? Because obviously it appears every day in the papers, but do you draw the strip every day or do you have a different way of managing that workflow? You know, it's funny. I've been doing it for 18 years, believe it or not. And uh, over the years, I've done different, you know, I've just morphed into different ways of doing it. 
And the way I do it right now is I, I, I do it in batches of three weeks. So, um, you know, I, it starts with the ideas, and that's basically, you know, sitting down quietly with a notebook and trying to get out of the, get out of the way of the ideas and let them, let them come. Um, I think in pictures, so, you know, a lot of it's just doodling, you know, and doodling my characters in different situations and, you know, trying to draw funny pictures and coming up, coming up ideas that way. Um, also, after doing it 18 years, too, you know, I mean, I know this sounds corny, but, you know, to a certain extent, the characters kind of write themselves. Like, you know, I, I know my characters well enough, you know, Mooch and Earl, that, you know, if I put Mooch in a certain situation, you start, you know, you, you kind of know how he might react. So that, that helps you write write the work. Um, and you also, you know, have um, little things you go back to, like, you know, my strip's <laughs> a very zen strip. So you know, in the winter, I think of snow jokes, and in the summer, I think of going down the you know beach jokes. So uh, that helps you know with the creative process too. So first, I do the ideas, and once I have three weeks worth of ideas, then I start doing the actual physical work, and that's you know cutting the paper and just putting the boxes, you know, inking the boxes, and uh, then I pencil everything fairly lightly. Um, and I do all the lettering because you want to make sure the words fit in the little space we have. And then I ink ink the characters. So that's oh, and then for the Sunday pages, I have to you know make a Xerox watercolor the Xerox and number all the all the numbers need a all the colors need a number right. for the printer for the printer to know what to print. So uh, so that, I, I do. Boy, I'm getting fast enough that I I can do three weeks worth of strips in about a week and then when that time's off I do other, you know it's not like I take a break <laughs> because I'm doing my picture books and also uh, I'm in the middle of uh, writing a, a much movie so uh, I, 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 I'm, I keep off the streets that's for sure well and I know that you um, like you this new book that just came out the monsters book that is congratulations it's on the bestsellers list already uh, but I know you do some publicity for your books and, as well, so you do some traveling. And I just saw you in Atlanta a few weeks ago when you were, you know, here for the the Decatur Book Festival. So you've got to juggle that yeah. in there somewhere. Yeah, no, there's 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 a uh, you know book signings, and uh, also I do a lot of charity work. I'm on the board of the Humane Society of the United States and the Fund for Animals and the Charles Schultz Museum in Santa Rosa. So. Um, and then there's life too. Life in, right. life interferes <laughs> with my work sometimes. Too. It's amazing how that happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, when I first um, I had this idea for this show for a long time, and toward the end of last year, I decided that it was going to be a radio show first because my intent for the for the content was for it to be a book. And so, when I started thinking about it being a radio show, I started just doing some Google searches for artists and spirituality, and your name kept popping up. And one of the things that popped up was um, the book that you did with Eckhart Tolle, The Guardians of Being. And I um, actually bought multiple copies of that book as Christmas gifts last year. So I am curious how that came about, how how you and Eckhart decided to work together to create a combination of his work and your work. Well, you know... um I guess when The Power Now first came out, I was actually on a book tour, <laughs> and I was in California, and I went to one of my favorite bookstores, which is the uh, Bodhi Tree Bookstore in Los Angeles, and um, they had on a, they had a, you know, a row of new books that just came out, and The Power of Now was one of them, and I, 
I don't even know why, but I was immediately drawn to it and picked it up and like just flipped through it. And I said, "Wow, I, you know, I just had a feeling about the book." And uh, you know, I took it home, and like millions of other people, was just really uh, taken with it, and uh, it really spoke to me. And, and you know, it's funny. I, I that's why I think your show is a great idea because uh, you know, it spoke to the artist in me. I think you know, you know, the artist already knew about. The artist in me already knew about the power of now and being in the moment and getting rid, not listening to your thoughts and just doing the work. So I really related to it as the artist. And, uh, you know, the secret is trying to make life my art. Right. <laughs> that's, that's a little tougher than the art part. So uh, the book really just really touched me. And, you know, then I started, you know, reading all his books. And actually, we went to a, a, a talk he did at Omega in, in New York, in the upstate New York. And, uh, you know, just followed him and his work because it really touched me. Um, and one of the things that also uh, appealed to me about Eckert's work was, he, you know, he really talks a lot about nature and and our uh, our companion animals, you know, being guardians of being. You know, that they right. they could connect us to the to the power of nature and the power of now. And um, so, uh, you know, I felt my work connected to his work. And um, started. I even, you know, I, I, I even did a, I did a, sun, a couple of Sunday pages where I actually referenced, um, you know, being in the now. And then I thought that it might be a nice idea to put his words with my art, and I put a little dummy together of uh, some of his quotes from books and from I had a lot of his tapes, so a lot of his lectures. I was looking for any quote that he talked about nature or dogs or cats. Right. And I was putting my strips with his quotes and it seemed to work. And I um I was lucky that my agent knew Elizabeth Lesser who runs Omega and she knew Eckert, so we were able to get Eckert the dummy and uh you know, much to my happiness and surprise he liked the idea and you know, uh that's how it started. So did he want to make some changes over what you had done? Yeah, yeah with him? actually, yeah, actually, um, he did a lot of changes and added some some new quotes. So uh, you know, we we worked back and forth uh, for a while until we thought it was right. Then the book came out. Well, and I'm also a huge fan of Byron Katie and the work. And I know you've done some some much um, strips around. You know, is that true? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, boy, I think, again, I I think Byron Katie's just great. And um, actually, the new Monster Monster book starts out with a quote from Byron Katie on the copyright page. And the whole Monster Monster book is kind of a Byron Katie message. It's about, you know, not believing your thoughts. And, uh, you know, it starts out with these little monsters thinking they're... And actually, that book started out with me just doodling monsters in my sketchbook. And then I was thinking, well, why am I thinking they're monsters? You know, what makes them monsters? And... I you know, was thinking about Byron and Katie and thinking that, you know, it's our you know, it's our thoughts that make you a monster. So the whole book is about the monsters realizing that, you know, they didn't you know, getting rid of their thoughts and just becoming one with everything. <laughs> so actually the whole Monster Monster book is a kind of a Byron Katie book. Oh, that's cool. Well I'm definitely putting that on my my want to get list. So uh, especially now that I know it's it's about Byron Katie's work as well. Um, so obviously you do a lot of your work by yourself that's, you know, you're coming up with the idea and you're creating it. And then you have these projects that you do collaboratively, like the one with Eckhart Tolle and, you know, the, um, you mentioned that you're creating a movie which has exponentially more people involved. So 
Do you have a different process for connecting with your creative source when you're working alone versus when you're working collaboratively with other people? Yeah, well, I would I would say ninety nine percent of the time it's it's just just me and the paper, um, but um, yeah, you know, working collaboratively. I, actually, I'd like to do more of that because it's it's just nice to actually be with other people. <laughs> I think the uh, the Mutz movie I'm actually writing with my my brother Robert, so um, that's you know been a different project and a more fun project. It's nice to bounce ideas you know with with somebody and getting a different you know, different way of looking at things. So, uh, yeah, I, I like both processes. So kind of playing off that, when you were kids and you all did, you know, the little comic strip books together, now you get to create a much bigger project with the movie together. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny how, how life is. You know, I, I knew I couldn't continue the strip and my picture books and write a movie at the same time. I knew that might be a little too much. Right. And my, my brother uh, went to NYU for film and does... Uh, you know, um, he does video, and uh, so I thought it would be. You know, I knew I needed help, and I thought, you know, he we definitely have the same sense of humor and kind of sensibility. So uh, actually, it's been a really interesting project. Uh, and the company I'm working with is Fox Films and Blue Sky, and uh, they've been a joy to work with too. So it's so far so good with that project. Well, and it, as evidenced by all the different work you've done, it, it looks like you have lots of different ideas, and that you. Um, you know, pursue different ideas. So how do your ideas come to you and how do you decide which ideas you're going to move forward with and which ones you're not? Well, I, I think with ideas, it really is about just getting into that, finding that, you know, I guess athletes call it, uh, you know, getting in the zone. So somehow you kind of meditate and get out of the way and, and let the ideas come. Um, and again, I, I work in pictures. I, I think in pictures, so most of my ideas start with little doodles and little drawings and sketchbooks, and they kind of go on from there. So, do you have those in any kind of a catalog or storage that you can go back and reference, or is it? No, oh, I wish. <laughs> <laughs> no, you know, uh, you know, for for the strip, you know, it's uh, when I you know, I sit down and just. Again, have a lot of faith and keep my fingers crossed. <laughs> you know, for the for the books, some you know, with the books, I've I have little notebooks with different ideas, and some aren't as progressed. You know, I aren't as far as long as others, and uh, you know, actually, fairly soon, I have to sit down and think about the next picture book, and uh, I probably have like four or five ideas that are in a very rough stage, and I'll probably look at those before I before I start, or I might, you know, more than likely, just sit down and try to think of something new. So when you have when you decide you're going to create a picture book, do you have kind of a timeline in mind of how long it takes to do that, or um, how do you, or how often do you decide to do it? What what is the process for that? Well, I you know a lot of that has to do with Little Brown. I mean, I actually have deadlines, <laughs> not as tough <laughs> as the daily strip deadline, but um, you know usually with the picture books. You know, we would pick, you know, like we would like something for 2013, you know, for the winter of 2013 or the fall of 2013. So, you know, based on that, we know that they're going to need to see ideas like a year before and they're going to need to see finishes, you know. So there's deadlines for that, too. So deadlines can be a wonderful thing sometimes. You know, I've lived with them my whole life. Uh, The Daily Comic Strip is 
I always, it's like the term paper that never ends. I mean, as soon as I hand in a bunch of work, you know, before you know it, the next batch is due. So uh, deadline definitely keeps you working and keeps you, keeps you, uh, yeah, there's something really nice about deadlines. So Patrick, how has your art affected your spiritual evolution or how has your spiritual evolution affected your art? I think I think they both inspired each other. Um, I think being an artist made me start thinking about spirituality. Like I said, the when I read The Power Now, it was the artist in me that understood it and related to it. So, uh, you know, making art, I really do see it as, you know, kind of doing prayers and meditating. So my art, I think, you know, helps me lose my ego and... and uh, so the art definitely is part of the spiritual process. And then I think, you know, doing the readings and doing the meditating has definitely make it, made it more important to, uh, to, for that the reason for that being the reason I do art. You know, I have a quote I'll read to you that's above my drawing table that I got from um, uh, Course in Miracles. I think it's from a Marion Williamson calendar, actually, but I always thought it was great. And the quote is uh, the meaning of work, whatever its form, is that to be used to heal the world. Love is the most powerful fuel in any endeavor. The most important question to ask about any work is how does this serve the world? And I look at that quote every morning before I start working. Wow, that's a that's one, a good one to get inspired by. And you know, the other thing that was interesting with with Mutz, you know, I've always been a, a lover of animals, and but in doing this strip, I think the way doing a strip about dogs and cats you know, really opened my eyes more and gave me more empathy for uh, all the creatures that we you know share this planet with so uh the strip got me more involved with you know i'm on the board of the humane society of the united states and i became a vegan and uh i think doing much has made me more compassionate well and i know you do a lot a lot of um a lot of strips and even some some PSA type things for animal adoption and encouraging people to go to shelters and adopt animals. Yeah, that that's important. You know, when I, I was working on this, this strip in Earl and Mooch, obviously have loving guardians and loving homes, but I was thinking about all the dogs and cats, you know, in shelters waiting for that. So uh, I started doing twice a year. I do a, a week's worth of um, strips about animals in the shelters just to remind the audience that you know, if they're thinking about getting a new best friend, the best place they can go is to a shelter. And I tell you, the nicest thing about doing this trip is that I, I get letters from people and tell me that they were inspired to, you know, to go to their local shelter. So, uh, yeah, that's an important part of this trip. And then, you know, I, I also do other, um, I try to do some animal issues in this trip. Well, and I know on your Facebook page that you actually encourage um, your fans on the Facebook page to send in their picture of their animal and their stories and you pick one as the pet is it the pet of the month that you pick yeah. an animal yeah yeah and you know also I, I actually there's a we did a book called the uh, you know I, when I do the shelter stories I, I actually call it shelter stories and we did a book where we compiled all my strips but then we asked uh, people on on the mud site to uh, send in pictures of their dog or cat or bird or hamster that they adopted and tell a story. So actually there's a book called Shelter Stories Love Guaranteed that has a combination of my comics and a combination of people's photos of their uh, their uh, companions. 
Well, and I, it, when I heard you speak at the Decatur Book Festival, you mentioned that um, that the the main characters of this strip actually are based on your animals that you personally, you know, had a, a dog Earl, and that the cat showed up that that um, the cat was was based on. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, the, the whole strip got. It's funny. I used to draw this little generic white dog with a circle around his eye when I, I was a magazine illustrator before I did the comic strip, and I used to always put this dog in all my illustrations. And I, an art director told me that I was drawing a Jack Russell Terrier, and this was before Eddie and Frazier, so I'd never heard of that dog before. And I, I looked him up, and uh, it was like, wow, you know, the dog was my cartoon dog. So I actually got a Jack Russell Terrier, <laughs> um, whose name was Earl. So my you know, cartoon became a real dog, and then the real dog inspired the cartoon. So it's kind of a full circle. And uh, yeah, Mutt's, you know, I got the inspiration to, to do Mutt's based on my, my own dog, Earl, who was uh, really was my best friend and just a great dog and lived for 19 years. Wow. Yeah, so uh, that, yeah, Mutt's is all. And I always felt like if I can capture any of his uh, joy of life in my comic, I was doing my job. Well, I know now you have Amelie, so how is she different than Earl was? Oh, my God, Amelie's, <laughs> Amelie's totally crazy. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, Jack Russells are known for their high energy, but I was a little spoiled with Earl. Earl was a, a very quiet Jack Russell and, uh, you know, really sweet. Um, but Amelie's a real Jack Russell, which is uh, a lot of fun. I mean, she's just really high energy. And uh, I haven't put her in the strip, but some of her... Uh, little quirks or how Earl has some of her quirks. Amelie's just crazy about the ball. She she has a ball in her mouth 24 hours a day. (laughs) So I've started putting Earl a little more crazy about balls in the the strip. And um, and and yeah, she's just a joy. She's actually looking at me right now, (laughs) waiting for me to get off the phone so we can play ball. Dad, let's play ball. (laughs) Well, and I love that, you know, that your power of intention that you, you know, were drawing this little dog before you had the little dog, and then mm-hmm. you got the dog, and then that informed, you know, more and more information and gave you more material for continuing the strip. I think that is really a wonderful circle. Yeah, and totally changed my life. So, do you, um, do you, when do you decide that you're going to put a new character in the strip? You know, I, people people ask me that question on this last book tour, and I haven't really put a new character in a while, so I guess it's in the air. I think we need a new character. <laughs> I have, I, you know, it's a fairly big cast now. It, it really is. I mean, Earl and Mooch, obviously, are at the heart of the strip. Right. But, um, you know, one of the reasons years ago I had him go down the, uh, the Jersey Shore was uh, to um, include different animals, so crabby and, you know, mussels, and it was fun to, you know, add all of those new characters. So, uh I guess it's too I mean, Next time I sit down and think of ideas, I'm going to have to think of a new character. <laughs> so tell our listeners how they can get a hold of you and how they can, you know, find out more about your books and about your strip and the, and the cool things you're doing. Uh, boy, the, the website, mutzcomics.com, is probably the best. It has everything there, and you can get email to you daily, the, the daily comic strip. And then we're also on uh, Facebook, too. So that's probably everything. Everything you need to know is probably in those two spots. <laughs> so, Patrick, what um, what spiritual teachers are you following now? What te- what what are you reading, or what are you learning about, and who are you learning it from that you think maybe our listeners would be interested in? 
Um, well, you know, I, I do. I try to meditate every day, and I do also try to. Uh, those are my. That's pretty much the books I read are spiritual books and comics. Um, those are my two things: <laughs> comic strip books and uh, spiritual books are where I'm at. Um, and you know, obviously Eckhart Tolle, I, I think is great, and uh, I really love the poems of Daniel Ladinsky. I don't know if you know Daniel Ladinsky. He um, he translates Rumi and Hafiz, but he, in a really modern and kind of fun way. And obviously Byron Katie, I read. And Byron Katie's uh, husband, Stephen Mitchell's written some really great spiritual books. I, I read him. And, um, geez, I was just um, at Omega in upstate New York last week, and I was in their library, and I started reading a book by a guy named Emmett Fox, uh-huh. um, who I thought was really good, too. So, um, yeah, I, I, I read everything and anything. <laughs> <laughs> I think, you know, they're all, they're all talking about the same thing, and... Um, I love I Am That, you know, the book I Am That I probably read 20 times. Well, I think it's um, it's so interesting to hear, you know, different people talk about the similar topics, but they talk about it from a different way. So you kind of get a different spin on it. And it, you know, sometimes makes sense when you hear it from one person when it didn't as much from another. And so I love that you're sharing those same messages, but in a format that, you know, different people are going to see and different people are going to relate to. Mm. Again, I I think your idea for this show is wonderful and I hope you do do a book because um, I think art and spirituality are all the same thing. So is there any last thing that you would like to leave our listeners with about how they can incorporate their own creative expressions into their spirituality? Well, you know, I, I, again, I think making art is a meditation because you do lose yourself. And if, as long as you can um, filter out your ego telling you you can't draw or what all that, I mean, and just do it for the fun of it. Um, yeah, just just uh, go with the flow and, and enjoy yourself. Well, Patrick, thank you so much. It's really been wonderful having you on the show. And tell our listeners one more time how they can get in touch with you. Uh, well, mutzcomics.com. And much comics on Facebook. Excellent. Thank you so Great. much. Well, thank you. It was a real pleasure. And thank you to our listeners. I welcome your suggestions or comments on this or any of our shows. You can find links to all of our shows on Empower Radio and on our website, artisworship.net. Please come share your stories of artist worship on our Facebook page, which is facebook.com forward slash artisworship. Listen in next week as we talk with another artist about their creative process and how it connects with their spiritual journey. May you have an inspired and creative week. Namaste.